You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Cannabis Hangout. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saab. And today's episode is going to be a part of our Cannabis Conversation series. She's all the way from Windsor, Ontario. We love being able to have conversations surrounding cannabis with people from all over the map. She's actually our second person that we've had from Canada, which is really cool. Um, Carly is an advocate for educating on cannabis and breaking the stigmas, which we love. She's had her own journey with marijuana, and she's here to share her story with us. So guys, please welcome Carly to the cannabis hangout. Welcome, Carly. Hey. Hey, so let's just dive right in. Um, You sent us a DM a little bit about telling us a little bit about your workplace journey. So can you just tell us about that and how that led to your medical cannabis journey? Yeah. So I guess it all started back in 2016. I was working and I got hurt on the job. So initially, you know, you just think it's nothing serious and you just kind of sleep it off, whatever. And then fast forward, a year goes by and I'm still really struggling with back pain and just kind of progressing into overall body pain and, you know, just the work. So I'm talking to my doctor. We've, we've tried a ton of different medications. I've seen specialist after specialist, went to physio, chiropractor, massage, you know, all those things. And then I was just talking to him, just kind of saying, you know, listen, something just isn't working. And then he basically just dove right in and said, what do you think about cannabis? And I hadn't really given it much thought, to be honest. I was just kind of going through the swing of things with the doctors and specialists. And then when he brought that up, I figured, I mean, I tried everything else. Let's give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Leamington, which is about like 40 minutes from here, Mm -hmm. they're really big in the cannabis growing sector so that was really cool just to know that I could get it locally definitely so he hooked me up with a prescription and then basically just got right into it when you sign up for a prescription here the LP licensed producer contacts you and then they kind of just go through this point basically what they offer what they would recommend you use things like that so I ordered some oil some flower and then just kind of started experimenting and now I've definitely kind of gotten a grasp of what works for me and what you know we've all been there where we Mm -hmm. uh, take a little too much something and I remember they I don't know I got a recipe for a tea you basically like steep it for a few hours and then you strain out the leaves okay and I went like straight to space so (laughs) you know when, when, when those kind of things happen you just I was like reminding myself I had to stand on my own two feet you know uh-huh. like, yes. pretty crazy so how okay so, so I'm interested in this tea thing what was it like how like what did you do or put in it that made it like so potent like that so it was honestly just like a regular nub it wasn't anything crazy uh-huh. and um I thought you guys obviously have loose tea there mm-hmm. like a David's tea I don't know what your story would be over there but um, it's basically just a loose tea thing that you would put your tea leaves in. So I just put the weed in there, like ground up, and then you boil it for like two hours. Okay. And then you drink the water. 
And I don't know, I find myself to be just a little more sensitive to edibles than other people around me. Mm-hmm. But oh, I would be really interested for somebody else to try it to see if they had the same experience. I know, I'm I intrigued. I know, I'm like, do we need to have a little experiment over here and give you feedback? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is and wild. And it was funny because I was home alone and I'm like, oh my God. Like, I just started texting my husband. I'm like, oh my God, I am like very high right now. <laughs> <laughs> I need so you. I think, I think it's important to talk about those experiences a little more openly because yes. a lot of people don't talk about it. And I consider it to be similar to alcohol. You know, we all kind of have those experiences where you figure out what your tolerance Absolutely. level at, you know? Yeah, and I've definitely had that. Yeah, right? And just different ways of consuming, especially. Like, you really have to figure out what works for you because everybody's so different. Yes, and experimenting is, like, the only way to do yes. it. You know, you just kind of have yeah. to throw yourself into it and see what happens. Like, that, yeah. that sounds bad, but, like, it's, it's not meant to be. You know, yeah. just, like, microdose your way yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's unfortunate when some people just try it once and instantly, oh, it's not for me, it's not for I me. I just want to be like... But it could be. Yeah. I know. Like, I almost, I want to help guide them, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to help figure exactly. out, like, what could work for you? Because, like, this is a natural plant. And I think you've just had something not right or scary that, or too much, you know? Exactly. And it's like, what are you smoking, right? Like, are you just dabbling in some snickle for it? Like, you don't know. Yes. Off the right? street. What like, what is this? Smoking? Yeah. Exactly, right? It's because, you know, there's still a lot of places it's, not legal luckily i live somewhere that it is so i have access to like good quality Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but so basically after i got my tolerances figured out and what i liked i kept kind of buying the same thing got on a nice little schedule and i was able to get off all pain medication like it was absolutely incredible that's a win that's amazing we love hearing we love hearing that absolutely So what would you say, yeah. were, were there any like preconceived stigmas that were in your, in your mind before you were prescribed cannabis by your doctor or tried it out? Like, were you like apprehensive? So I was fairly open to the idea, I think, because I was, you know, taking other pain medications that were like way stronger in my right. opinion. I kind of was way more comfortable with cannabis. I just I was never that person who smoked on the regular. I yes. just never really felt a need for it. So I tried it later in life. Kind of like you, Brandon, what you were saying, how you kind of got into it. You just never really felt like you had a like, specific need for it. Yes. And you started. Yeah, right? So I hung around with people in high school who did it. And I just, I think I was in college when I tried it for the first time. And then, yeah, so I was never really against it. Mm-hmm. There was. I would say my, uh, where I live, I mean, it's not as stigmatized as it once was. Yeah. There's a time and place for but everything yeah, and you found, yeah, it. you found your time and place. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. You know, it was just such an organic match that it was just like, you know, me and cannabis just discovering. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like how it should be. On, you know? Yeah. It should. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't forced. It wasn't anything like that. And I just really got to discover so many amazing things about it because I was open yes. and patient, right? Yeah, patience is something I'm really glad Key. you said that because people often expect their first experience to be the one that like fixes everything, but that's not true. And patience is the name of the game when it comes to, I mean, really all forms of medicine, but specifically cannabis. Yeah, 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. For sure. So, and I, I even noticed oh, when. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I started kind of microdosing on a regular basis, that's when I ultimately felt the best. You know, when your body kind of has it and yes, like expecting and kind of knows. Hmm. Yeah, microdosing with yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's such a great thing. I feel like everyone should do. Yeah, really. I feel like it makes a yeah. huge difference in just your cannabis journey and really learning about your body too, to what your body can handle, how much of it, and like what you definitely yeah, do not want. Yeah, sure. that's so important, right? Absolutely. So, at what moment did you realize that cannabis has like a lot of healing properties? Oh, like the first time I smoked flour. So the first. I, I just went with a balanced strain, something that was heavier on the CBD side than THC. Mm-hmm. And that was the first night I had slept in, like, since I hurt myself, honestly. Since oh, I had the injury, wow. I hadn't been able to sleep because the pain was just so crazy. And I was I was in bed for, like, the first year solid. I couldn't get up. I couldn't do anything. Did you have, like, a and surgery? frustrating because, no. Okay. But nobody nobody knew what was wrong, mm-hmm. and then it was a year May 2017, and then he prescribed me medical marijuana, and then I got um, referred to a rheumatologist. So in Canada, because our healthcare system is the way it is, when you get referred to a specialist, it can take months. Okay. Oh wow. Because it's just so saturated, right? Because we don't have to pay for these appointments, which is right. great, but in order to get into a specialist, it just takes so much time. Mm-hmm. So it was about a year and a half in, and then they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia. Uh, I was just about so, to ask, what is your pain? Yeah. What do you deal with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I got diagnosed with that. And so that in itself was a whole nother thing to learn about. And in that community, they were actually very open to it. I actually, when I first got diagnosed, I attended a seminar just to kind of you know, educate myself better on the condition because I really had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. And they actually discussed medical marijuana in the um, meeting, and it was great. I thought it was, you know, great that they were talking about it so openly. And even just, you know, going to something like that and having them mention it, you feel a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Totally it's, it it's like you're reassured too, kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I mean, I'm sure you've had a lot of challenging parts like throughout that, throughout your journey with everything that's been going on and like the way you feel trying to find the right things. But what would you say it would be like the most challenging part of like your cannabis journey so far? Like what brought me the most anxiety around it? Um, yeah. Or like what around we, consuming it? More so like what in finding your cannabis, like what works for you, your routine, what was the most challenging part of finding your routine and really figuring out what worked best for you? I honestly, I don't, I don't even really know how to answer that question. Yeah. Cause it's like how I just, how I moved on basically from everything and started living again. You know, I think you could take this question like anyway, so yeah. you can answer it how you please. Um, so just answer however you'd like. Okay. So, um, I mean, once I got it, I basically had to do some research on it to understand the plant itself because it can be very overwhelming. And that's what I like to discuss with people who ask me about it. Just If you go into a dispensary and try to find something, just have a base knowledge of mm-hmm. your strains. Because when I first started, I felt very overwhelmed. I didn't, I didn't really know what to try. And I didn't know anybody who had a medical card. 
So using the resources that were available to me was great. Yeah. And I, I bought a pack, which I really liked. I liked consuming it that way. And I noticed that because you can burn it at a lower temperature, I enjoyed the buzz a little bit better. It didn't seem to be as intense when I first started out. Yes, which is so, so nice. Really nice. Yeah, I love packs. Yeah. Their, their products are amazing. Right? So good. And great customer service, too. Great warranty. <laughs> <laughs> love that. That's and, good uh, to know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, once I started figuring out that less is more, that was huge for me. That was like an aha moment because I could have a tiny bit throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like as the days went on, I started getting better and better and I could do a little bit more each day. And it slowly just became a part of my everyday life, you know, because I can't live without it. Right. That's so cool. I love hearing that, like yeah. how it's aided you and, you know, like a slow, but like progressive, pro like progress and just how it all works out. It's really, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it really did come at the perfect time because I was so open and just ready for something to work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and attracted that yeah, to you. Just, yeah, and there was just something really cool about knowing how it was local and, you know, all that little small yeah. stuff. But it's cool. It's, it's a really big employer around here, so it's a big deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that's the perfect segue yeah. into how many years has um, cannabis been legal in Ontario and what's the medical market like there? So it got legalized in October of 2018. Okay. So I was actually consuming um, cannabis before it was legal. So it was just strictly medical. Okay. So okay. when that whole process happened, my doctor basically just took care of it. He sent the information right to the... Uh, licensed producer and then they contacted me so as far as medical access goes I believe it differs from province to province okay and I know that there are still some doctors although it is legal here there's still some doctors that are conservative and just won't write prescriptions for patients so that's kind of unfortunate yeah, so there definitely are still pockets of conservatism around it, I would say. <laughs> Even though it's legal, it's funny how, you know, some people just still aren't open to it. I know, no, it's, and that's that. so frustrating, <laughs> but we're trying to break the stigma as as well as you, so. Yeah. Yeah, so what would you say, what, what, do, you, what do you really appreciate as a medical marijuana patient, like where you live? Because I know it's different, you know, in different countries and states and like, you know, your process of having someone call you, you know, like mm -hmm. we didn't have that. No, you know? we so, didn't have anything like that. Yeah. So ours was a lot oh, more really? like, yeah, very loose. Like you literally could just FaceTime a doctor or yeah. yeah, go into a doctor and it has to be like a licensed. Right. So not like all doctors can write you prescriptions and a lot of people's weren't their like actual doctor, but it was as easy as FaceTiming somebody for two minutes and telling them. It was five minutes yeah, of my time. And literally. I walked out with a, oh, wow. a piece of paper that had my recommendation. It had the number I needed to type in on like the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority government site. And like it had like the doctor's oh, full diagnosis. And then you just like submit your pictures, submit your state license and you wait and you get like... You pretty much get your card within two weeks, two weeks after yeah. submitting it because you get the, an email saying it's been accepted and your application looked good. So it was a much easier process than it sounds like for you over there. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I was so thankful because when I got mine, 
if I just happened to mention it to somebody, somebody always had a story about other people trying to get cars and really struggling. And I don't know if my doctor is just different. I don't have experience with other family doctors. He's been the only one that I've had. So I'm very thankful for him because I wouldn't be in this situation, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely your thing that you appreciate as a medical marijuana patient. You had a badass doctor who like knew where to place you. Yeah, exactly. So tell us your favorite. As far as medical goes, so we have dispensaries here, but those are strictly recreation lines by licensed producers. And then those licensed producers will also have like a medical side. Hmm. Interesting. So I could go into a dispensary and at this point, because I know what I like to smoke, I could go in and just get whatever strain I know will work for me. But as far as medical goes, you would have to register all your information online and then you order it through that system. Like they wouldn't have the medical line in the dispensary. I gotcha. For medical patients, do you guys do delivery there? Yeah. No. Okay. Interesting. Oh. So, um, tell us a little bit, um, about your favorite way to consume. Do you, I don't know. Do you guys have like dabs there or concentrates there? I actually, that might be a stupid question, but I genuinely don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys have over there in Canada? So, Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I, I don't, um, I haven't really experimented too much with dabs. I'm uh, I just like to smoke. I'm an old fashioned flower kind of gal. You're like Brandon. Brandon yes, loves that's her me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so flower wise, so as like a medical patient, tell us what your cannabis routine looks like from like when you wake up. So what do you do to like get your day started or like throughout the day with your cannabis routine? What's that look like? So just going off today. So when I get up, I. The first thing I'll consume will be typically a hybrid and not too high THC. I definitely like to keep the THC a little lower in mm-hmm. the morning because I do find that when I smoke for the first time, it's a lot stronger than when I smoke at the end of the day. That's okay. very true. I and feel then, the same. Yeah. <laughs> there's some mornings where it's like, whoa. I, I feel that where and, I wake uh, up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to wake and bake. And then I'm like, whoa, that was a really bad idea. Three hours later, I'm finally coming down. Right? Back to bed, yeah, I go. so intense. <laughs> yeah. We went to California, my husband and I, for our honeymoon. So we had some edibles. There were these like little peach candies. And I was like, oh, I'll just have one of these before we go get pancakes. We're in the restaurant. I'm like, I straight up can't take my sunglasses off right now. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Because it was like it was like seven in the morning, you know, the jet lag and all that stuff. Oh and I was yeah, just like, Damn. that's so <laughs> funny. You're like, why do I feel Being out so faded? Like, that early, I'm like, wow. Oh god, it was so oh. funny. I was just like destroying pancakes. It's so hilarious. I feel like we all do that, like to this day, to some oh extent. I'm like, I'm so thankful for my sunglasses because <laughs> no. no one has to look yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> And then, yeah, throughout the day, I just go, I I could usually stick to the same strain, say for the second time I smoke, I'll just take an extra hit or just, I really just go based off of how I feel. Uh, as and you should. At the end of the day, I like to go in with a nice, like, heavy indica. Heck yeah. Just kind of sink my way into, yeah, so good. So what, when you go to the. So I, I really just coast throughout the day, honestly. Like, I just coast. And I, then I feel at that. At nighttime, I do like a higher THC indica. 
So with that, what is your go-to strain when you go to the dispensary? Mine is Golden Goat. What's yours? Oh, I love Granddaddy Perth. I'm all about Granddaddy Perth. Oh my gosh, I smoked that for the first time like eight months ago and I haven't found it since because just the places oh, I found it's it. so good. It's not great. But yeah, it was such, I'm not an indica girl because they give, it gives me really bad anxiety. But Granddaddy Perp put me yeah. in the perfect place. Like tasted good, right? smelled really good. The high was amazing. Yeah, it's just like such an easy high that it's just like, yeah, I love it. So I have I a question it. regarding flower there. Um, do you guys because I don't see this often here, but you were talking about low THC. Do you guys have a lot of like low THC, high CBD strains or like one-to-one strains there? Honestly, not that, not that many, which is kind of disappointing because I do think that there's a lot of great strains, Mm -hmm. but people just want high THC. You know, that's what people think is the best. And it's unfortunate because it's not. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people love it, but People just want the highest THC possible. It's like they're always just wanting to go 20% plus, but mm-hmm. you don't always need that, you know? That's so, so when true. I do find when I do find a strain that I like that has higher CBD, I usually just grab it because you don't see them around that often. They're so rare to find. I actually, um, so I work at a dispensary and we just got a one-to-one strain and it's higher in CBD than it is THC. And it is amazing. I, again, don't right? get... Yeah, I don't get high off of it, but boy, like it does wonders for my mind and body. I just feel very just ready to go and just at calm and peace. Just all the good things you want to feel without feeling high, pretty much. Exactly. That was the that was actually the first flower that I ever tried. It was higher CBD, and I've contacted because if I could get that same strain at a dispensary but the dispensaries won't carry it because it's high cbd and nobody wants it and i contact them all like you guys need to carry this it's so good i know because for the people who really need it for like medical reasons that's literally right up your alley and that's what like makes you feel better exactly and if you gave somebody that and they didn't know that it was lower THC, they wouldn't be able to tell. They would There's never be able no to way. tell. Yeah, unless it was yeah. written on your little whatever you bought it in, but other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We we had a cannabis-friendly wedding, so we rolled a Heck bunch yeah. of... Pre, we basically just rolled a bunch of joints and gave them out as favors. I love so that. Dope. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was so fun. Wow, taking note. And, and everybody was like, because there are concerns when you do that at a party because some people will drink and smoke who definitely should not be drinking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like we don't need to have these kind of uh, meltdowns. So I I picked that strain, like the higher CBD. And I was like, you know, like people just have to smoke it. And people still ask to this day what that strain was. That's amazing. Okay, you did a good job. (laughs) So because it just like, is when you can get like lost in a song, you know, and you're just like in a good zone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad everyone loved it. That's like a win for you guys. Like you didn't scare anybody off. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So Carly, yeah. what would you say is a stigma that like rubs you the wrong way and that you would like to change in this industry? Like, what do you hear? What kind of irks you, I guess? Um, The term pothead. Oh, yes. 
I'd say. Such a dumb term. Like, it's just a dumb word. Like, pothead. Oh, like, okay. you're a pothead. Yeah, cool. stoner, all those things. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, you're automatically being labeled as somebody that isn't going to accomplish much besides just smoking and, you know. Right. Eating some pizza or something. I know my dad sometimes will call me a weed head. I'm like, oh, that's a good one, dad. <laughs> Nailed me. Good one. He's like, head. he'll come in my house and be like, oh, Brandon, it smells smells like weed in here. He's like, you little weed head. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's your way of loving me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's funny. What's it like out there? Is it still like pretty stigmatized, would you say? You know, yes and no. It's more like the, I feel like the government officials, you know, like the higher ups. But as far as like Mm -hmm. from a dispensary standpoint, a lot of my patients are old, older people. Like I, when we say this all the time, older people came out of the woodworks to um, vote for our state question for it to get legalized. And so a majority of consumers are over the age of 20, I mean- I mean, we have, there's, there, it's insane. Like I'll have to get on Facebook and see, but like when we look, when we look at the medical marijuana authority, Mm -hmm. like they always um, post like the most, like every, like a few months, the sales, the taxes. And I think it said in 2020 from like January, I don't, I don't want to get my numbers twisted. It was either within a few months, like 3 million. (laughs) It was a lot. No, I I think 3 million was right. Actually, it was, I think that was actually 420 the month of April. It was, we did 3 million as a state just by medical cannabis. Like it's crazy. And like I was saying, like a lot of my patients are over the age of 30. um, I mean, there's of course the younger kids over the age of 18, but most of them, most people I see during the days are over the age of like 30, 35 who are in professional careers that like really need it just even as a stress re- stress reliever to take the edge off, especially like with everything kind of going on in the world these days. I feel like a lot of people have turned to cannabis just to kind of soothe them and take yeah. the stresses away. And some a lot of people are open to it or like mm-hmm. wanting to know like more about it or trying it because like a lot of people have been in pain. A lot mm-hmm. of people you know, take their prescriptions or are always like thrown around to different doctor's appointments that they have, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think we have a lot of, like a lot of open-minded people yeah, I would say here that too. Yeah. in Oklahoma. They're more willing to, to learn and they're more willing to kind of dive, maybe not dive in, but at least dip their toe in to see what the hype is all about, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's all you can ask for, honestly. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm looking at the tax revenue report that was published August 5th of 2020 from the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. And from January to June... Just this is just from our the state question seven eighty eight, which is what it was. That tax is it was thirty point thirty million two hundred fifty one. That wow, that is a large number. <laughs> and then our state, Holy. our state and locals, wow. yeah, the state and local tax from January to June is like thirty, a little over thirty nine million. That's crazy. I know Holy it shit. blows my mind. Like when I see these numbers post, I'm like our state is making a lot of money and a lot of people I know, right? want their medicine. And especially like when the quarantine happened yep. starting in like March, 
up until, I mean, even now, but like when it was really, when people like were really freaking out, yeah, people were stocking up on their cannabis, like nobody's business. And the sales were like skyrocketing. Crazy. I remember one guy came in and bought literally five ounces because he was like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to buy five ounces. Cause thinking like the dispensaries would shut, <laughs> shut down. I wish I crazy. could afford that at once. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So this, were dispensaries considered essential? Yes, we yes, were. Which is really God. cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, Carly, we just want to say thank you so much for being on our episode and taking the time to share your journey with all of us and all of our listeners and really just helping us break the stigma and being a part of our journey. Is there anything? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Carly, is there anything else like you want to say before we hop off here? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I covered most of it. I think you did. You said a lot of awesome things. And also, guys, Carly's Instagram handle is High Vibes Windsor. So go show her some love on Instagram. Carly, we hope to make it up to Ontario to come see you one day and visit. Yeah, hell yeah. You got to come out here and try the weed. It's great. We've heard. You're the second person from Canada that's spoken very highly of it. We are looking forward to it (laughs) in the near future. Awesome. So guys, stay tuned for another episode of the Cannabis Hangout. And as always, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.